Hi, this is David Yaz of the Boston Podcast Network. We hope you are staying safe, sound, and sane as this year continues to drag on, and we do all that we have to do to get through this pandemic. How about this? If you want to be on a Zoom call that isn't dreadfully boring, please join us for Zoomapalooza, an interactive adventure of fun, games, comedy, and who knows what else. Tickets are absolutely free, or hire us for your next office or corporate event. Just visit pod617.com slash Zoom. That's pod617.com slash Zoom. Zoom. Now enjoy the following production of pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves, welcome to the Boston Podcast. Hope your pandemic's going well. It's still here, everybody. Yeah, breaking news. Still here. If you like this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe to us on Apple Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can also leave us a review, tell us how much you love us, or anything like that. As we do here on the Boston Podcast, we highlight professionals and what they're up to and how they've been surviving during this weird time, we have such a professional on the line. I tried to get a professional. The best I could do is this guy, Jeff. No, I'm just kidding. He's a wonderful professional. He is the president of HKM Associates. My good buddy, Jeff Weiner, is in the house. Yes. All right. How are you, Jeff? I am well. How are you? Good. Good. <laughs> So you are, you've, uh, you're a veteran of the financial services industry. You specialize in insurance, particularly life, long-term care, disability, all that kind of stuff. Living that American dream of being the insurance guy. Isn't that right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> not, what, not what I planned to do, but what I ended up doing and 39 years later, I'm still doing it. Well, that's good. It's good to do something that you enjoy. I had a buddy named Steve who we grew up in the same town and he was my first insurance agent. And he always wanted to do insurance, like all the way back to junior high, which is odd, <laughs> but what the hell? You, you, Definitely odd. Yeah, but that's okay. Jeff happens to be a great networker. We've bumped and crossed paths a couple times on Zoom networking things, and which is weird because this, is, this might be the second or third time that we've met. I'm sure we'll cross paths again, and we still haven't seen each other in person. So... By the way, I am uh, four foot five inches tall. That's how tall I stand. No, I'm actually a tall guy, but you wouldn't know. That's my point. How have you been, how have you been uh, making your way? How have you been surviving during this weird time? Yeah, it's been obviously a major adjustment, but I think we've done well with it and actually got it on a, on a roll where we're pretty well organized and may not go back to the office even after this is eventually over, when that, whenever that might be, I may not go back to the office five days a week. So yeah. it's really changed a lot of things. What was life like for you? And first of all, tell our audience where you are geographically and where like the home office was and, and what life used to be like. So my office was in Uniondale, Long Island, right for the people that are hockey fans, right next to the Nassau Coliseum, oh, sure. where, the, where the Islanders play. <laughs> and when the pandemic hit, we pretty much shut the first week of probably mid-March is when we were last in the office. And fortunately, my wife, who's my business partner, 
had the brilliance to say, hey, you know what? About three weeks before this happened, said, you know what? We've been talking about setting up an office at home and I have an office at home, but she didn't. And my daughter, who's 31 and married, is you know obviously living out of the house now. And we set up an office and she ordered a computer, a printer, and a scanner about three weeks before the pandemic oh, started. Timing. So great foresight. And we started working at home. And the rest, as they say, is history. And unfortunately, that's very fitting because it's a historic year, a historic moment. You think folks in now you're primarily an insurance guy. You and I both know together probably zillions of lawyers, accountants, others in the what they call the professional service industry. So you're working mostly you're working with clients. You're having one on one meetings with clients, occasionally a conference here and there, whatever. Much of yeah, what I mean, God, tell us. Yeah. Tell us. Can you continue to do what you're doing virtually? Yeah. When we first started this, I was I knew about almost nothing about Zoom. We used it a little bit in one of the other groups I was involved in, but we really didn't use it regularly. And so I, once this happened, I said, all right, if I'm going to use this, I need to really learn how to use it. So of course I spoke to one of my associate's daughters and she gave me a uh, Zoom lesson for dummies. Crash course. Yeah. (laughs) Crash course. Took over my screen, said, here's what you do. Here's the buttons you press. And this is how you do it. And here's a simple, easy version way of doing it. And like, I wouldn't say mastered it, but yeah. enough that I'm comfortable with it and run meetings and run, I've run Zoom open enrollment meetings. I've run my, I do some, a lot of networking. So I've run some networking things on it and it's worked out very well. You and I should talk and scheme because I do, as you may know, I do a lot of networking myself. It used to, in fact, used to be what I really did for a living. And I have been frustrated and yet also intrigued by this new world of networking. Now, so tell me, you know, yeah, if you, yeah, if you're looking for extra networking, obviously we met each other through USA 500 mm-hmm. and, and all that. So I started my own networking group about six and a half years ago, mm. and it was a local Long Island in-person networking group, but it's a different kind of group. What we do is we get together 14 to 16 people now with Zoom. It used to be 12 to 14 in person, but with Zoom, because there's no chit-chatting, nobody shows up late and we're not ordering lunch, <laughs> we, can get, we can get more people on the call. But it's 14 to 16 people, business owners and decision makers, exclusive by industry for the meeting, no fees, $35 for lunch, which is what we were charging when we at the restaurants. So now we're asking people, if they're in a position to do it, to donate the $35. And we pick a different charity each week from charities I know and charities the people in the the group bring to me and things like that. And what makes it different than every other group, each time you come, you meet different people. It's a rotating networking Mm. group. I like that. Uh, what, you know, does it have a and, name? Does it have a name, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. It's called the Roundtable Networking Group. Only because my daughter said you you can't call it the Jeff Weiner Lunch Group. So come up with a name. I said, <laughs> well, we meet at a round table, and she said very cleverly, let's call it the Roundtable Networking Group. Mm-hmm. She made a little logo and nice, you know. But there's no website. There's no master list. It's it was a group that was started with me and twelve companies, and now it's it's over two hundred and seventy five companies now because of zoom and 
USA 500 and other groups like that, we are actually now national and as of about a month ago, international. Wow. Because people have joined us from Israel. And we've done over $12.5 million of business together that I'm aware of, probably a lot more than that. And more importantly, we've raised over a million dollars for charity. Wow. Fantastic. Mazel tov. So now let me ask you, let me ask you this though. You mentioned all the number of different companies you do. So you do the legwork in rotating these corporate decision makers in to meet all and then Yes. What, and um and they're one timers. In other words, are there, there certain people that are just one timers and then others that return or how does that work? No, it's a, it's I, I run the meetings twice a week and now we've added a third day every other week because the group has actually we've actually added about 70 people to the uh, group since the pandemic mm-hmm. because we've had all these additional people. I've added a third day and it's a first come first serve. I send out the emails to everybody in the group, 275 companies, mm-hmm. and literally it's first come first serve. So mm-hmm. you respond, you get a spot. If you're a CPA, there wouldn't be another CPA at the meeting and some of the attorneys, we let, we let more than one, especially if they're specialists, there wouldn't be two bankers in the, on the call or two payroll people on the call. Right. You're a good person to ask this because I think there is a, a business opportunity here that I would like to create, but I'm probably going to be too lazy to do it. So I want credit for when someone else invents this thing. Networking online is doable, but I think you'd agree it's not ideal. It's not the same. Oh, no, it's it's definitely not the same because even with the groups, it's who you are, what you do. It's, right. it's not a 30-second elevator speech, but it's more detailed. But even that was getting a little bit stale, a little bit boring. So I actually stole an idea from one of the people at USA, USA 500 who came up with the question of the day, like a yeah. fun question of sure. the day. And so now we do that. So it's definitely made it more enjoyable because we actually, the last one, we actually asked, what was the first concert you went to? And there was an older gentleman who was on the call and his first concert, his first two concerts were the Beatles. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. So Yeah. So that's uh, that's a hard act to follow. It's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we kind of bowed about, about our heads and said, okay, you win. So that to me is the, the tip of the iceberg, the, the question of the day, because the net, networking in person, you can just do a lot more. If it's a kind of an open forum kind of thing, you can mingle about, you can pick the people who that you want to network with. And when you're doing it online, it's just, it's just, you need some more tricks, I think. So my idea is to invent a an app that would actually come up like on the screen while you're doing this networking and it would ask questions like that it would ask the question of the day it would, it would ask and then some of it might you might mix in you could have say a group of call it six people and jeff feel free to steal this idea it, it, would, 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 would that be helpful if there were some kind of app that maybe coordinated with Zoom? Maybe Zoom should be working on this. Maybe they are working on this for all yeah. I know. Little questions that will pop up and maybe it'll say, you had the question, what was your first concert? Or what was the first car you drove or something like that? Right. And then everyone, and then picture this, everyone could enter theirs and they would come up on the screen and then you could guess who's first. I bet this person's first concert was the Beatles. I bet this person's first concert. Yeah, yeah, and all kinds of icebreakery you things. You, you never know. It might be fun. It's definitely d- a different, and why not? You got to try new. You got to try new things after a while. I think that's it. I think it's 
you need more tricks and bells and whistles now because people do get zoomed out. And for me, it's the group that you run. I imagine you're a gregarious guy. You know how to run a meeting. I imagine they move along. I imagine they're, you know, pretty enjoyable and productive. When you have to do the one-on-ones and the small groups, it's just not the same dynamic. You can say to, you used to be able to say to someone, meet me for a coffee, meet me for a drink. And it's a casual hour of chit chat. It's natural. Hopefully, if you're getting along with the person, when you're on Zoom, it's, I feel pressure and I'm a talkative guy. I'm not shy, but I feel pressure to what am I going to say next? You know what I mean? It's definitely a different dynamic. I mean, even the lunch group, people used to get there at 12. They chit chat for a little while, catch up with each other, especially if they hadn't seen each other in a long time. And I'd start at 12, 15, 12, 20, you know, and lunches typically run till two o'clock. So they run like an hour and a half thereabouts. Now it's 12.02. Everybody's on. Everybody's just kind of like sitting there or standing there or whatever. And like, they're waiting for it to start because it's definitely a different feel. It's been productive. And there are the advantages of it is that the group, we have people from all over the country and all over the world now as part of the group. I mean, even the Manhattan people weren't coming to a 12 o'clock lunch in Garden City because we were meeting at Capitol Grill. Mm. So we've been able to add a lot more people, expand the network a lot, which has been from a purely networking point of view, a great thing because New York has met Boston and Washington and Florida, California and Israel, and they're doing business together. So from a business perspective, it's been it's been really good. But from a personal perspective, do I like the in-persons better? Sure, but am I going to go back to in-person whenever that might be? Yeah, but not fully because I don't want to lose all these people that are part of the group now. What was your first concert? My first concert was the Eagles. Mm. And it was, and they they played at the Coliseum Mm -hmm. and their encore song. And they said, we hope you like this new song. Hotel California. Oh, come on. <laughs> First time they ever played Hotel California That's f- before the album came out. That's interesting because my story has parallels to yours. So my first concert was your boy, Billy Joel, your Long Island brethren there. And I remember distinctly my mom taking me and him saying, we're going to play a song off the new album. It's called Big Shot. And when I tell people that story, it's like, oh, God, you heard the first time you played Big So that was like 1978, I want to say, off the 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 52nd Street album, which goes way back. Since you're a Long Island guy, tell me, what is Billy Joel like in real life? Is he nice? <laughs> oh, I you... mean, I, I actually met him once. Oh, you did? He, okay. Yeah, yeah, I actually met him once. And he seemed like a nice guy. He was at this bar called Cristiano's, mm-hmm. which was like this bar that we used to hang out at when we were in high school. And he walked in and we talked for two minutes. Nothing looks and mm-hmm. you know, he, was, he was okay. He was fine. Yeah, that guy has it. I've just happened to have been a fan, as you, as you can tell from yeah, way yeah, back. Yeah. But uh, that guy has it figured out. He... Well, we used to do concerts anyways. He'll openly admit in concerts, he comes to Fenway Park, and I, I don't like seeing shows at Fenway Park, but I'll go because it's Billy Joel. And he he says, I haven't had a hit record in 30 years, which is true. <laughs> it still manages to be popular. Does memory serve, Jeff, another Long Island question? Does memory serve that you were honored at one time or more than once, perhaps, by the Long Island Business News? Yeah, so I was recently honored, but... A couple of years ago, one of my clients nominated for nominated me in back in 2009, actually for the 
50 of the most influential people around age 50. Nice. So, and, but this past three months ago, actually, I was nominated uh, for best life insurance agent on Long Island in for Long Island businesses in this reader rankings program that they run. And somehow I was against MetLife and New York Life and actually, and then some another large agency and actually won. Nice. So, which, which was a nice surprise to, to beat the big guy. That's great. That's great. And that's the kind of thing you can do with the small, a small business paper like that is, is able to recognize someone like you, which is great. I used to work for Massachusetts Lawyers Weekly and our sister paper was Long Island Business News. So I actually spent some time there and yeah, yeah and the, the paper it's not the most, you know, palatial place. It's a small trade newspaper. They do a fantastic job. But I remember the hangout was the, the when the reporters would be done with the day, they'd go grab a drink at the the Holiday Inn, the, the, like the sports bar in the Holiday Inn, yeah. right by the Ronkonkoma Airport. So, right. which which has since turned into some other terrible hotel. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I always got a kick out of that. But yeah, there, there was, I'm probably boring our listeners now, but the Long Island Business News has a legendary publisher by the name of John Kamenicki. You ever cross paths with him back in the day? Yeah, yeah. unfortunately he passed away, but yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, he, he was one of my sort of writing mentors. Yeah, Did, he was, yeah, he was, a, he was a good, he was a good guy. Good friend. He was. Okay. That's yeah, a, yeah. 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 Knew him years and years. We'd run into each other a lot. And he, he actually hosted some events, some charity events that I ran uh, for me. And um, yeah, he was a good guy. Good he, guy. he really was. Yeah. I got to know him very well. And he was a mentor to me in writing. He was a fantastic writer just and larger than life guy who at least in, in from where i sat he owned the long island business community and could yes, work a, work a room like anybody funny as hell and he was missed I, yeah i actually went to his the memorial service for john and mm-hmm. very nice and there's a compendium which i wish if anyone's listening when i die this would be a nice thing to do so somebody make a note okay he it was almost like a, it looked like a yearbook and it was a collection of remembrances of John that all his friends and family had submitted, which was nice. It was a nice way to remember him. So yeah. we missed you, John, me and Jeff both. In a moment, we, well, you know what, Jeff, before I'd be remiss if I didn't allow you to plug your business. So how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about what you do and maybe network with you and what have sure. you? Sure, it, it, my sure. Web, my website is, is www.hkmassociates.com. You can always reach me on my cell because since my when I meet with my clients, all get my cell phone number, including every employee when we do the health insurance benefits, 516-316-1747. There you go. There you go. We will play a round of good stuff where both Jeff and I will recommend something good that you should be maybe watching, consuming, or I don't know, something good that might cheer your spirits during these uh, continuing days of this dreadful pandemic. Before we do that, let me tell you for just a moment what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. Pod617.com is where you go if you want your own podcast. It's a wonderful way for professionals to spread the word about what they do and certainly let people know they are still kicking. During this pandemic, if you have your own podcast, you can invite your contacts, clients, would-be clients, onto your show. They'll be dazzled by 
the digital display that is your podcast showcasing your business services. We put the whole thing for you together here at pod617.com from start to finish, intro music, outro music. We'll send you out a quality USB mic. Almost got through the whole spot without flubbing it. And get started, pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. In pod, we trust. Okay, let's play a round of good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. All right, Jeff has had about 17 minutes to prepare for this, so so cut him some slack, folks. But tell us, is there something good that you've seen, done, witnessed, whatever, that you can enlighten our listeners with, Jeff? One of the things we've been doing a lot of, because I'm uh, very involved with nonprofits, we've been doing a lot of work with the nonprofits, trying to help them get through that since all their events have been canceled. One of the things that we've done in our group, in our networking group, actually, is we ask people if they are in a position to do it, to donate the $35 that they would normally pay the restaurant. We, we send out an email after the end of the lunch with everybody's contact information. And then we send out a link to the charity. And we ask them if they're in a position to do it, to donate the $35 to the charity. And in the five months, four months that we six, that we've been running the group virtually, we've probably raised about $20,000 for charity. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, people have been really unbelievable and a lot of people donating way more than the $35. And yeah, it's been really good to me to hear from the charities to say, hey, I didn't even know you picked us. We just got a, we got a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars. I mean, we did it for USA five hundred for the lawyers have a heart and we raised like sixteen hundred dollars in a week. Fantastic. Yeah. Charity is something that I think I hope has benefited generally during the pandemic because it gives you occasion to think about how you're spending your time and what you're doing with it. And, and needless to say, nonprofits need it. Nonprofits have budgets too. Nonprofits have had to do layoffs like other companies and, and why not pitch in? So do you have a charity of choice, Jeff, that you tend to lean on, lean towards? Um, I, I mean, probably the one that I do the most with is leukemia and lymphoma because my daughter is a stage four Hodgkin's cancer survivor. Mm. So I do a lot of work for them and for a local foundation called the Michael Magro Foundation, which again, works with kids with cancer. She had two kids diagnosed with cancer at the same time. One passed away and her reaction was, let me start a foundation to help families that need money. And she's been running it for about 17 years thereabout, and she's raised about three or four million dollars over the 17 years. And it's a local charity, no paid people. And, you know, pretty much 100% of the money goes right to the families where she buys them gift cards or pays their mortgage and, and things like that. So those are pro the, the, probably the biggest two that I get. And, how, and how's your daughter doing? Healthy? It's fine. Yeah. Eight years. Wow. Uh, eight years cancer free, thank God, and mm. doing well. And and leading the fights, she's a she's very involved with support groups with cancer. And did she have to take any special precautions during the pandemic, or pretty? No, pretty she just had clear. to yeah. really just you know watch herself and really just be extra careful. Yeah, um, yeah. That's know. I have my aunt Marge is a Hodgkin survivor herself, and she has out of it. Now she's older; she's a hell of a lot older than your daughter, I'm sure. But she, out of an abundance of caution, she's been holed up this whole time. Anyway, good on you. Good on you on that. My good stuff for today will be 
different. And it's just, it's a movie that I just caught over the weekend. And I think it's skipped by a lot of people. It's a, or maybe not. It's a Spike Lee movie. It was big. You didn't happen to see this, Jeff. It's called The Five Bloods. No? I did not. Yep. I heard about it, but I did not see it. So I will play a little bit of the trailer here. Jeff, you can watch and our listeners can listen. Black GI, is it fair? To serve more than the white Americans that sent you here. Nothing is more confused than to be ordered into a war to die without the faintest idea of what's going on. I dedicate this next record to the Soul Brothers of the 1st Infantry Divisions. Be safe. It helps when there's a little more dialogue. Oh, here, listen to this. Who was that guy? That brother was the best damn soldier that ever. We bury it. Hey, don't. We come back and collect. All right, I think I'll probably take it down there. Listeners, you probably got a little taste for what that was like. Jeff, you got a better taste because you saw it. But so the premise of this, this is a great movie, and I'm just surprised more people didn't talk about it. So it's, I guess it's Spike Lee's Vietnam movie. You, yeah. And you might have noticed, Jeff, that um, one of the stars there is none other than Chadwick Boseman, who just yeah. who just passed away just a couple right. weeks ago. And and right. he he plays a very important role in this movie. This is there will be no spoilers here, just a setup. But and you heard it in the trailer. It's uh, they flashback. The five bloods refers to what you might think. Five black dudes who were in Vietnam together. Right. One of them being Chadwick Boseman, who didn't make it back. That's the whole premise of this thing. And when he mentioned something about this really what looks like a treasure chest of gold that they they come upon in Vietnam, they bury it with plans to go back. Chadwick Boseman character does not make it back, but he's seen in flashbacks. And so now in, in the, you get this older generation and these four great uh, black actors, including the, the great Delroy Lindo, who's in all of Spike Lee's movies. And right. then you'll recognize a couple of, there are, there are, Two other actors who both appeared in The Wire. I'm not going to take the time to look up their names, but you'll reckon I call them those guys from The Wire. And just it's it's poignant. It's really on point now with the Black Lives Matters going on, which obviously the issues aren't dying down. And those issues run deep in this movie. So it's on Netflix. If you get Netflix, it's free, people. So check it out and tell me what you thought. Spike Lee's The Five Bloods. Will you watch it, Jeff? Maybe. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. I like the old Vietnam movies. Do you have a favorite of that genre? Good Morning Vietnam was my favorite. Really? Okay. You can't yeah. be you can't be Robin Williams' performance in that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and there are there is I think homages to a lot of those films in this movie. You hear the there's there's a rule that there are certain songs that have to be on every soundtrack of every Vietnam movie. A lot of songs, right. a lot of songs right. by Credence and right. that, that got an ilk. Yeah, I love the music. So. Jeff, Jeff, why you've been an awesome guest. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Once again, please find Jeff at, let me make sure I get this right, hkmassociates.com. Do I have that right, Jeff? That's correct. All right. Yeah, we focus, and we focus in on health insurance, life insurance, estate planning, long-term care. There you go. And an all-around good guy. Network with the man. He knows how to do it. Jeff Weiner. Thank you. Wait, Weiner or Weiner? You can't, you made the joke. Weiner. It is Weiner. Shame on me. You know what? We got to do this whole podcast all over again. No, (laughs) no. (laughs) Forgive me, my friend, but thanks for being such an awesome guest. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. On behalf of, of Jeff Weiner, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. Take away.